And I assume you can do it. Number five, I'm going to go with Frankie V's, which is south of town in Wyoming. See you, Frank. Uh, Salute. I once went to uh, some type of work trip with him when I worked for a brewery, and he pretended to only speak Italian at a casino. <laughs> and uh, it's very entertaining. Did it work? Like, I think so. I think he was looking for some special, you know, privileges. I'm going to go with Buddy's, which is actually Detroit-style pizza, but they have a couple locations now in Grand Rapids. But Jets is like the best chain that does Detroit-style. J-E-T-S. I hate yes. them. You don't like them? <laughs> Do we they're, like in them? they're in Beeb's bottom five. No, I, I, the show. I, I hate the Jets. I hate them. Oh, the Jets. I get it. I've, I've listened you, to that radio show before. You get it. Sorry. You get it. This guy gets it. Let's see, number three. I know what two and one are. I'm going to skip number three. Number two is Pepino's, which is where we're going to go tonight. But the Grand Rapids, downtown Grand Rapids location is number one. Allendale's number two. Jenison's number three. They're all different. Pizza. Number one's Vitality's, and it's not even close. They also have a ton of locations. The one in Ada, Michigan, which is east of town, is the number one pizza place. So Vitality's is number one. Wait, Pepino's is on the list tonight. What are, we, what are we getting? What are we getting on the on the on the za? Well, I think they have cheap five dollar pizzas tonight, and I think you're limited to like one topping. So I'm trying mm -hmm. to think if my cheapness will overtake my desire to have multiple toppings. So I assume I'll just get a single topping, probably sausage. Mm, I like a good sausage. I like um, a good sausage. Yeah. Mm hmm. And we're back with the Legion of Zoom, your favorite. Oh gosh, that was terrible. I can't even say the word favorite. Your favorite keep buddies talking tutties. We're keep we're keeping it. We always have to keep it in. There's there's nothing that doesn't get used. Um, but today we have a like the very first time ever on zero coverage, um, which first is a down. part of Lauer After Hours presented by Blue Wire. I love having like a long extended title. It's kind of like on Game of Thrones with Daenerys, how it just kept getting like a longer title. Uh, but we have young Conzi back with us, uh, Connor Onion from ESPN. How's it going, Connor? Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, good to be on Zero Coverage for the first time. I hear you guys do a great job belying the name. You're, you're absolutely lying, because if anybody told you we were doing a good job, that's that's a downright lie, no. But thank you. Thank you. It's good to, it's good to have you back to talk a little bit of football, uh, college football playoff, the finals tomorrow. Uh, very exciting season. This has probably been the most exciting like college football season I've seen in such a long time, but there's a lot of parody. But now we got you know TCU, Georgia. You looking forward to it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we got the, the semifinals to match that, right? I think. Oh my gosh! I think Miley Cyrus was a little bit lonely at her New Year's party because more people were watching football because the the second game went past midnight. Um, yeah, that was just wild. I, I I was already out and about here in LA and then I was like, uh, you know, I think I think Ohio State has it. I think it's fair that I could like look away from it and then I can't believe that that all happened when the ball dropped. Yeah, you were braver than I was because I, I was having the same thought of, you know, should we make a move? Should we go somewhere? But uh, Georgia was starting to creep back in when they were down 11. So I ended up staying in front of the TV uh celebrating midnight with some uh some college football so um what was good. the drink of choice there uh i i don't want to conflict with a sponsor do you guys have a drink sponsor no, on the not yet hopefully this will not yet but may maybe this maybe this will shoot one off potential right. right here <laughs> we'll uh we'll, we'll bump some good old natural coors light then 
How how rocky blue were the were those mountains? Uh, the first one very blue. Uh, distracted by the game and forgot to put the six pack in the fridge. So the second one was like, I don't know, not totally not totally blue, like a sky blue. I want to say. Okay, but that's still blue nonetheless. So that still you blue. got to, you have to take the ones where you can get them. Still blue, but then by the no. third one, it was it was back to full on cold blue. Ready to go for the rest of the night. So we we went news. Duke Blue, Carolina Blue, back to Duke Blue. Yeah, we we were just doing shuttle runs on Tobacco Road with the color of the beer. <laughs> well, that that now that we're on the choice of beverage, um, I recently found out that uh, Donald Trump had a button, like a presidential button that he'd press, and he'd get a Diet Coke upon request. And I find that fascinating. So, what would be your Diet Coke button? Would it be a Coors uh, Light button? You could you could get one food item. In one drink item here, we're, oh, we're, this is your, this is your softball question of the evening. Okay. Okay. All right. So this is you know have fun this with this one. This is supposed to be easy. This is the softball question. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Up into the booth. So after I call a game, I always want a milkshake. It's better than yours. So Ooh. I feel like if I could if I could get like a cookie dough steak and shake milkshake at halftime. And just have that button in the booth with me. That would be the go-to. Excellent, excellent. What about food? Salute steak sauce. Salute steak sauce. Absolutely. We've had yeah. so for food. We've had um, anywhere from a McDouble, a chicken nugget, a Cane's chicken finger. We got yeah. if, if I'm staying with steak and shit. I'm just giving all sorts of corporate sponsorships. And, okay. Uh, Perfect. Absolutely. Chance, keep chance keep for you guys to sell sell the show. Young uh, Cotty. That's how we do it. I, I think staying with the steak and shake theme, I gotta go Frisco Melt. Like that's that's the perfect thing to go with the the milkshake when you go to steak and shake. So deploy uh, the buttons both on steak and shake. Love it. Yeah, I haven't been to steak and shake in like six months. I don't know why it pops into my head, but clearly I have a craving. And and that would be my double button. Yeah, what we uh, I think we came to a consensus on a recent pod that um the rock and rib rolls from Flanagan's would have to be deployed on our diet coke button here I'm like just boom you press the button and you get rock and rib rolls on command so um, salute to those rock and rib rolls they are terrific salute to flanagan's he got a second chance he got a second chance from bob stoops i happen to pull for people with second chances okay let me make it absolutely clear I hope he has a wonderful career and he teaches people with that brutal, violent video. Okay? Second down and nine. He's mad at somebody. <laughs>you know, I, I think a lot of people would take that, but uh, you, you remember Nick Chubb and, and uh, Sonny Michelle announced they were coming back before that bowl game and they were Mark Richt guys. So 
Georgia kind of turned that into their first game of the next year. Um, awful team. I'm trying to think of a team that didn't make a bowl game that that I could see going there. Um, could it be know, someone like Miami? You know, yeah, I, I think I think Miami. They're bringing in an awesome recruiting class. Uh, as of now, before the next signing period, they've they've got the number three recruiting class in the country. I think they're one. I think Wisconsin getting Luke Fickle. I think that's kind of an under the radar one. The the Big Ten West was just uh, a mud bath. Like it was it was it felt like it was all Iowa all the time. Everybody was playing Iowa branded football except for Illinois at some points. But I think them getting Luke Fickle and I think Nebraska uh, going out and hiring Matt Rule. I think those could be surprise teams onto the national scene next year. I'm not saying they're going to go to the the semifinals. Uh, or the college football playoff, but I think they're going to be a lot better sooner than a lot of people think. So, yeah, I'd go. I, I think Miami's in that conversation. And I think Wisconsin and Nebraska could get it going pretty fast with new coaches. Well, I think staying on on this topic here a little bit. Um, so, my brother recently moved to Fort Worth over the summer, and uh, he literally lives twelve minutes from TCU. So to start the season, I was always, you know, keeping an eye on them, but like trying to like start a new, you know, brand of homerism. And it just so happened they had this season. But I think from the very start, when they had that that win streak against four ranked teams, I watched, you know, I started watching them from the, the first game there. And Quint, Quinton Johnston just stood out like immediately. He like in, I think through those four games, he at least had two touchdowns probably in each of those games, which at least it felt like it, if not more. And almost like 200 yards a game. That guy's just awesome. And what was kind of crazy to see develop over the season was their quarterback who was just even, you know, just as talented in a different way, just a tough, you know, Texas football kind of football player. And they've been a really awesome team. So have you been seeing them from like kind of the start here? Have you been paying attention to them? You know, Oh, you've had your eye on TCU or was it like kind of a, a really big shocker that you, you maybe caught on too late? I, I think I was like a lot of people nationally that are, are outside of Texas or maybe outside of, the day to day in the big 12. And that's that I was just kind of, I love the shirt. That's, that's such a good shirt. The, the only way Go I would, frog sick. I, I would, the only way that shirt could be better is if it was a hypno. Uh, I know I need to get one. I got, a, I got a nice little gif. I mean, gif, gif, whatever. We don't care, but I made a nice little one of the hypno tone. Salute to the hypno tone. Okay. Not blood, a out, blood coming I just need, or maybe it needs like blood shooting out the eyes like yes. a horn frog does yeah yeah you're the frog yeah, with, baby. with the tie-dye in the background though mm-hmm. exactly yeah work in progress yeah. We'll, we'll have our people talk to your people we got a shirt guy hack guy there too we're we're breaking all sorts of sponsorship deals mm-hmm. um i i would say that i think i was like a lot of people i was kind of waiting for tcu to to fall off i think everybody it was a little bit like kansas early in the season it was this great story um you know they they had uh, game day they had a couple national tv games that that was a football game when they played kansas this year though that yeah was, that was a really good game yeah um and that was kind of of a divergent point kansas took a loss tcu stayed undefeated um but it was it was really the baylor game when they kicked that field goal when tcu kicked that field goal at the end and they had to rush the field goal unit on they didn't look phased at all it was that game that they won where I was like, okay, there's, there's something going on here. And I know they played a lot of close games before that, but that was the moment to me that sold me on, okay, this is, I think this is going to be a college football playoff team. 
Um, so that was, like you said, I was, I was a little bit later on board than some, but that gave me full on belief that there's a, there, there was something special going on with TCU at that point. Yeah. It just so happened that like, since my brother was, you know, moved so close to the campus that like we started this, like, you know, rooting interest as a bit, but it caught on like we, this podcast started with them playing that first, like I said, that first ranked team and us kind of noticing how good they were. And then we've been paying attention to them week after week ever since. And to kind of see the way it, you know, devolved and enveloped was kind of really special and cool. Cause they are just a, an, an awesome football story for, you know, that you don't typically haven't seen really in the college football playoff up until this point. Um, but being that said, how, how do you think, you know, the fact that they've had all these close games and a lot of experience in these close games and having to really grind some out, the one where they played Baylor and had to run the entire field goal team out to, like, have a buzzer-beating field goal, that was one of the craziest games I ever saw in my life. I was in Fort Worth, actually. Now, would you welcome, please, Steve Martin. When that game was happening, so it was wild. Um, but how do you think this experience will help them going against Georgia? Because if they're able to keep it somewhat close, do you think that's going to be in their favor late? Because maybe they have, they may not necessarily have the wide receiver advantage in this game because Georgia's receivers are nuts. But, uh, you know, when it comes to quarterback, go frog sick them. Fear the frogs, baby. TCU. Go frog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's interesting because, um, yeah, like Georgia has better skill guys arguably they have better players at every position I'd say other than quarterback uh, I know Stetson Bennett was a Heisman finalist so is Max Duggan TCU's quarterback but um, I'd, I'd give a little bit of an edge to, to Duggan as far as the quarterback thing um, but I think that's TCU's chance to stay in this game is you know they got to throw for 350 they got to throw for 400 yards the front seven of Georgia is going to be better than anybody they've seen all year so but, and I think I think their performance against Michigan really showed the promise that they had they could put if they're playing their best they could potentially do that but I yeah. just don't know with the way Georgia let Ohio State kind of command that game through the air to start it out until Harrison Jr. went out I don't know you know they'll probably game plan more effectively for it but it, I, I think it at least shows that they have a shot way more of a shot than maybe anybody anticipated putting up that many points on that Michigan defense yeah, for sure. And I think you go back to the LSU game, uh, the SEC title game for Georgia, and uh, there was a blueprint there that Ohio State copied in a way with a lot of their tempo stuff. You know, Ohio State was not full on tempo. Uh, let's go as fast as possible all season long. So I think they saw what LSU did, um, emulated that and ended up scoring 41 on them. Uh, and I think if if TCU can get this game into the 40s like Ohio State did, um, they, they've got a shot. I don't think this is going to be a 13 point game. That's yeah. The, I don't think so either. With the, like, with the receiver, because it's not just, it's also the other skill position players that TCU have that are kind of underrated. I feel they have some other solid receivers that can, with the attention that Johnston commands, I think break out a little bit because they, they're kind of, they remind me a little bit of like the Chip Kelly Eagles where they would just score super quickly, but it also worked against them because then you're, you know, you're not giving your defense enough time to rest in those opportunities. So I agree. I don't think it's just going to be a, you know, a hard fought, excellent, you know, one of those just great hand in the dirt, 10 to 13 games. No, we're going to get a, a yeah. high scoring national title game. Yeah, and, definitely. And that's, that's going to be good entertainment. And I think if it's, if it ends up being a, a two score game, it'll be because Georgia wears them down late. Like, I don't think we're going to be into the middle of the third quarter and it's going to be 42 to 17 or anything like that. Um, 
Big thing for yeah. TCU is, is can Kendra Miller play? Like, can they get? Yeah, he was so Kendra? crucial against Michigan. He was just that. It, besides the holes that they had, he almost looked just as big as the lineman that TCU had, which was just nuts. And he was just running dudes down. Like, it seemed like 10 yards at a time, just picking up first downs like they were nothing. Yeah. Um, Mark, uh, joining us on the on the podcast, we have a at Levitard Show fan. Uh, Mark, did you want to ask anything for uh, Connor? Uh, hello, Mr. Onion. So, How are we doing? So I've noticed that every national championship game, they add like 19 different broadcasts that you can listen to. So I guess my question is, as, as a traditional broadcaster, what are your feelings about this? And if you didn't have to pick the, the normal broadcast, what do you, what would you normally listen to? Ooh, great question. I would, uh, my, my ideal alternate cast would be of UGA watching Georgia play. Like I want, I want, an alternate cast of the Georgia Bulldog watching the Georgia Bulldogs. And if there's a way to, if there's a way to get the toad watching the frogs, like I'm, I'm all about it. Um, Do they have a real toad? I don't, I, I don't know about that. There's a dog, but there might be a toad. Um, speaking, don't know. speaking of this real quick, I mean, we're going to kind of save this for fun towards the end, but beep, I think you had a question that related to a horn frogs and mascots that I think we should be, should be asked right now. This could not have been set up more perfect. Um, Shaq on a recent uh, TNT basketball presentation said that if Georgia beats TCU, that he would eat a horn frog. So my question for you is, what mascot would you eat? What mascot would I eat? Oh, gosh. I have one. I, I'll go first if you need some time. Um. <laughs> Yeah, go go ahead. Fire one oh, at me. A razorback, easily. Give me some pig. You know, love a good honey baked ham. You know, save some bacon for the morning too. I think that's what I'm going with right there. Mm-hmm. Mark knows what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm going with gritty. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What do you think Off he tastes? Yeah, that. What do you think he tastes like though? I Grit. Can't be, can't be good. <laughs> That's almost as dumb an answer as Jeff always saying the Stanford tree. Well, <laughs> I suppose the orange man makes the most sense in terms of just a normal food. Mm. But the uh, here, here's the the off the wall one that I would go with. I I don't know if this is uh, gonna kill me or give me superpowers. The Kent State Golden Flashes. I don't know what their mascot is exactly. I mean, it's it's a lightning bolt. But, mm, so we're talking like that. What was that one superhero? Static shock, like you'll yeah. get some kind of electrical abilities. Okay. Yeah. That's a really that's a good separate question of like, which mascot are you eating is giving you superpowers? I was immediately starting to think of like spiders. Like, is there anybody that are spiders? Because you know, not college football, but the Richmond spiders. College basketball. There we go. Boom. One of those are kind of you know the Spider Man type. It Again, reminds me of that line from Rocky where uh, where Mick is telling Rocky, you're going to eat lightning and you're going to crap thunder. <laughs> I'm going to pound that sass right at him. Last time we should have won. But this time, you're going to be scary, kid. You're going to be the greasy, fast Italian monster. You're going to eat lightning. You're going to crap thunder. I think I'm going to eat a golden flash and I'm going to... Crap thunder. Mm-hmm. But then you'll have superpowers. <laughs> I think he's an eagle, which I think he's broke a law. I don't know if you're allowed to. I'm not he, sure what's that, going okay, on. that's what I was wondering too. Wow. If she, I was I was wondering if we should like ask Ron McGill like, 
if Shaq would be violating any kind of rules, eating a uh, you know a horn toad. Um, I'm, I'm I sure that would also hurt those too. No, I mean, you, I'm sure you can like deep fry it. You can deep fry anything, so you know. I recently found out that it shoots blood out of its eyes. Does it really? Yes. So that is terrifying. But maybe if you deep fry it, it becomes like some kind of jelly, and that's what Shaq knows that we don't. Mm. So he's mixing it up with some peanut butter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, uh, I have a real football question too, kind of. So this has nothing to do with me being a Michigan fan. Uh, I've lived here my whole life, but w- taking a month off to play a football game seems silly, right? So we have the championship games, and then we basically wait till after the holidays, and then we decide to play football again. Obviously, that goes away with the playoff, I assume, unless I'm mistaken. But yeah. does, does that play any significant role in the outcome of the previous game? I like to think it does. Change I think mind. so. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so, for sure. Um, I think it also gave – sorry, go ahead. I, to, to be honest with you, to the Michigan thing, I thought it was actually going to be an advantage for Michigan uh, just because of the uniqueness of TCU's defense, the 3-3-5. Um, not to not to open up a wound for you with Michigan, but the two pick sixes that JJ McCarthy threw, um, he just didn't see coverage well. And and when you have that three three five, it's it's more of a post snap read for a quarterback than it is a pre snap against a traditional you know four two five or four three defense. Um, so I I thought that McCarthy having a month to look at the three three five, he was just going to carve him up, and at times he did. But TCU got him on a couple of big plays and confused him, disguising coverage out of the three-three-five. So um, that was a little bit backwards from what I expected. Um, but I'm sure there are some of the nuances that haven't been talked about and the coaches haven't said aloud that definitely helped TCU with the month leading up. But um, we, we we get why that's going on, right? It's it's a TV sport. All the other bowl mm-hmm. games go first, and then we have the playoff after. So. Yeah. yeah, I think ideally you'd have a maximum of maybe one bye week and then get to the playoffs, which we'll see how the schedule shapes up. But I envision the 12 the team playoff following a model that's like that one week off after the conference championship games and then we're playing ball again. Yeah, you well, just have to for time. Yeah, you just have to get going. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that also brings up a good point because it just gave TCU time to heal up on a ton of injuries because a big reason why they lost to Kansas State was because they were banged up. So I think, uh, but like you, I I had not even thought about that. That was a really good point to bring up. That like Michigan was sitting idle for all that time when they were really riding such a hot streak, especially after that Ohio State win. You know, could have been a whole total different ball game if they would have um, faced each other right away. But be noting here that early, during the Erlacher years at UNM, three three five defense, the Lobos, go Lobos. They, uh, they they called his didn't they call his position the Lobo back? They did. They called him the Lobo backer because he was that middle linebacker, strong safety, free safety. But he also would return punts and kickoffs. How about that? Would he um, really do that? That's insane. I'd be terrified to, to try to tackle him in the open field if he's returning punts Is it at a call at a collegiate level. That's terrifying. You're out, you're, you're out there, kind of in that area. Um, the the uh, the son of Brian Urlacher is a good high school player now. His son, Kennedy. Uh, we, we covered one of his games this year. And apparently Brian was like hiding out in the crowd. We never got a shot of him on camera, but uh, talking to, we got to talk to Kennedy a little bit and he looks, he looks a lot like him, but he plays a lot Same like hairline. 
Uh, did, no, no, he's got the Briner Locker hair replacement thing. <laughs> no, I think it's his natural hair. He's, um, he's a plug and play kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, like he could be a Lobo backer for sure. He's he's not very big yet, but he is tall. Um, I think he's a junior, so I think he's still got a little bit of ways to go with his recruitment and signing and all that. But I don't know, maybe maybe the Lobos get him and, and return to glory with another Erlacher. Let's go. One can hope. Uh, joining us on the podcast, we have Morgan from Australia. Morgan, um, do you have any questions you'd like to ask Connor in regards to college football or the college football playoff coming up? Is LSU the best college football team you've ever seen play? <laughs> um, I, I, I love the question. Then uh, <laughs> take a smoke. Yeah, uh, that's the way. That's the uh, way it's, it's done. Has, sorry, this is this is how we do it in Australia. Really I love cool. that. I love that. That's a first for me. Um, with smoking heaters on on a Saturday night at Tiger Stadium when they're playing Alabama, they are the best college football team I've ever seen this year. I mean, that was that was that was one of the better games that I've seen this season, and it's probably the best game that I've seen them play. So, in in that circumstance, yes, when they're playing Georgia in the SEC title game, I'm sorry, no, oh, no, playing- no, I didn't even mean this team. Like, I didn't care about them. Just yeah, overall, I'm in, in general. Connor, Connor I'm, I'm still living in the past. Like, okay, so so 2019 LSU, that I think that is yeah. my favorite college football team ever. I think it's, yeah, because it, it, uh, I heard this recently. Uh, um, Boxworth brought this up on his podcast that the fact that you had those receivers with Joe Burrow, who like alone is just the real deal, like absolutely insane that all that came together. Yeah, but, the. The, the game they played at Alabama that year, that was that was kind of their version, to me anyway, of uh, what TCU did against Baylor this year, where it was like, I, I didn't really believe in LSU 2019. They weren't great the couple years leading up to that. Uh, but then they they go in in that one versus two game and beat Alabama. And I'm like, OK, I'm. I'm I'm riding with LSU the rest of the way. Yeah. Yeah. It, all the all the record breaking that bro was doing was actually like very legit and it was like oh okay this we're we're seeing a generational team here like a once and it's crazy because i don't even think i don't even think during like at that time that that it was seen that way i think like in hindsight now like looking back we can say that but at the time there were still questions on joe and whether joe was legit but when it comes to the college football playoffs since we are here wasn't that one of the teams that easily handled the playoff like there was no real competition for them at all in, in the two games that they played. I mean, Alabama's had what seems like games like that, but at least they've had close matchups here and there to Clemson. I feel like LSU just handled both games and it was like, there was no competition for them at all that year. Yeah. If I remember right, it was, it was Oklahoma and then Clemson that they played Yeah, in the college football playoff. Um, and, and yeah, I think to, to me, the reason I brought up that Alabama game is because that felt I know they were undefeated and they were scoring a bunch of points, but from that point, it felt like they were unstoppable. Um, and you know, Oklahoma, I thought would have given them a better game. They didn't Clemson kind of hung around for a while in that national championship game. And they didn't, uh, and we talk about Burrow and those receivers all the time, but Clyde Edwards, Hilaire was, was maybe my favorite piece of that 2019 LSU team, just because there was so much attention on the passing game. But yeah, that's, a, that's an excellent that point. Was, that guy was a dude. And obviously, now he's in the the NFL now and and is doing what he's doing. But yeah, uh, but but as it's been mentioned, he, the the Chiefs haven't used him exactly right 
and exactly to his best potential, like he could, like he was being used at LSU. And so that, that's a really like, good point. They're both offenses that have taken advantage of the passing game, mm-hmm. but we seem to use him a lot better um, when he was at LSU than they do there. Still, okay. still a really it's a great half. Thunder, thund- thunder and lightning. Italian monster! You're gonna eat lightning. You're gonna crap thunder. Oh, speaking of thunder and lightning, hey, more, more. Uh, I don't, I don't think you're on when we're talking about our lightning and thunder talk. There, you're gonna eat lightning. Okay. And I'm in the future. I already knew. That's right. That's right. You are in the future. So, uh, speaking of future, so who wins the national title game? Um, since you're a day ahead. TCU. Go Frogs, sick them. Hey. Let's go. What's what's the score? What's the score gonna be? Thirty-five, twenty-eight. Ooh, 35 right. I'm writing that down. Thirty-five, twenty-eight. It's written down. TCU, Morgan. There you go. You're welcome. Say, uh, put the house on it. There we go. We're having a Back to the Future moment. We've got our sports almanac. Now we yep. can go. Now we can go and bet on the games tomorrow. Well, that's why people come here. This is the coverage yeah. that they do enjoy on this podcast. Yeah, this, the, is, this is why we were going to release, release it two days later, just so, <laughs> <laughs> just so they can really take advantage of my betting advice. Exactly. Zagaki. Zagak. Okay. Uh, hey, Connor, real quick for you. Um, do you see any similarities between this year's TCU team and the 2007 uh, Boise State team that upset Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl? If, if they win on Statue of Liberty – then yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Cause everybody, everybody was saying it was, it was the same exact narrative going into that game, right. Is they're not going to hang. It's not going to be close. Um, do, does the little guy really deserve a shot to play in a game like that? And I think that would be more apt if we were talking about like Cincinnati, if they won their semifinal last year against Alabama. I think it would have been a little bit more apt because they're coming from a smaller conference. I mean, TCU plays in the Big 12. So, yeah, they're huge underdogs. Yeah, they're not getting the four, five, four and five-star guys that Georgia is. Um, but, like, TCU has a, a long history of being good at football. I mean, they, they had LaDainian Tomlinson two decades ago. Um, don't, don't they have a Tomlinson now? Don't uh, they have a... A relative of his? I'll, I'll look into that, but I'm pretty sure. I think they might. Like, is it a nephew? I think it might be. Nephew, okay. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think there's there's some of that as far as the commentary that's going into this game of the national championship. Um, I, I would I would have to dive a little bit deeper into that because uh, it's been a little bit since 2007 Boise State. But, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's, there's a similar storyline going into this game that there was in, in the – the Fiesta Bowl against Oklahoma. Um, that trope, that whole like, you're not from a big enough conference, you don't play a hard enough schedule. Like, it's tired, it's boring. And like, surely if we're not going by a computer system, that we can use the eye test because that's what we should be using. Because um, if you're not using the computer, what are we using? Mm-hmm. Um, to just decipher whether a team is good enough and not just base it on a conference or a schedule? Yeah, I think, I think we'll get to that with a 12 team playoff too. Yeah. um, You know, because of the limited opportunities, they're just going to default to these powerhouse conferences. Yeah. Like, like I would have been interested if 
this were a 12 team year and you're talking about an at-large pick to get into the college football playoff you're, you're probably the, the committee's probably putting in alabama before they're putting in Tulane, right mm-hmm. based on what the ratings are going to be based on brand recognition based on, based on the on, vibe based on the vibe Mm-hmm. Vibe then, checks absolutely but then but then Tulane goes and beats USC in an awesome game in their New Year's Six Bowl game in the Cotton Bowl so um like these these smaller conference teams can play we saw it with Cincinnati I'm glad they got their shot last year um I, I hope we don't come to the point where we have that break off of power five does their own thing group of five just becomes another FCS I love FCS football but I, I want kind of that middle ground where you still have stories like Cincinnati, Boise State, um, Tulane this year. Um, I hope we don't get further and further away from that. Yeah. Can you foresee something in the future? Can you foresee something in the future where we're going to like a 32-team playoff where it's kind of a a mix of, you know, regular bowl games mixed in with like NCAA March Madness? Oh, that'd be awesome. I I think that – Called Battle Royale. I think that my boss is – uh, the TV networks would like to do that. Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if if bodies can handle that unless you have a significantly shorter regular season. But hey, the SCS playoffs—that's 24 teams. So that's that's a deeply extended regular season. Now a lot of those teams are playing 11 regular season games. So there's a little bit of uh, a shorter regular season there. There's a bye built in. Uh, and then before South Dakota State, North Dakota State played today, they had a three-week bye. Um, so there's there's a way to do it. I don't know if we'll ever get to 32, but then again, the NCAA tournament started with, you know, what, what was, was it 32 teams? It was probably even less than that, right, in the 70s. Um, so the, the TV revenue kicks in. People get greedy. They want more teams. And I'm not going to say it could never happen because that would be a, a huge boon financially. And we're, we're probably going to get the playoff replacing bowl games at some point anyway. Mm-hmm. So we're probably going to get back. If we get to 32 teams, that's, that's enough to fill bowl season with all the games that we have around the holidays. Yeah. Cause it's what 40, 40 bowl games as it is right now. So just, yeah. so there we go. I'll, I'll work on something for you and you can just give it to your bosses there at the, uh, at the mothership. I'm, I'm sure that's been scribbled out on a napkin at an executive meeting at some point over over beers. But um, I, I would love if you were the mastermind of it. You'll get it right as an outsider. Debatable. I'm on it. Um. So uh, if if we if we were to have a 12 team playoff in this season, would LSU have made it? I think so. Yeah. I mean, they were competitive in the SEC championship. Um, I, I would have put them in if I had to draft 12 teams, um, I, you Based know, solely on the vibe. Yeah. Not, no, not, not solely on the vibe, but because of who they beat, um, because mm-hmm. they, they be, I mean, they would have gotten in before Alabama. And if you're going solely on the vibe, a lot of people would have put about, put Alabama in, but LSU beat Alabama. They were, they were, they were tight with Georgia. Um, the, the one thing for for your Tigers, the the one point loss to open up the season, that would have totally changed everything. If don't have the block ex, blocked extra point uh, in the first game of the season against Florida State, um, but it 
it, it would have been a real headache if they beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. And even yeah. if they didn't, I think with 12 teams, they would have gotten in. Yeah, but I guess it is better to have that loss in the first round when people forget rather than at the end. Yeah, so yeah I mean, if they had just lost that game and then beat Tennessee, then I think that loss is pretty easily, easily forgiven. But the fact that they had three losses, that would have made them – I don't know. They might have been the the tenth, eleventh, or twelfth team into the playoff, but I still would have put them in. Yeah, I would. Have, I would put them in double digits, but I'd put them in just because I'm I'm biased. There's nothing wrong with that, but they. I think they they deserved it. Tennessee would have been the team, one of the teams. I think if it would have been opened up to twelve, they would have made it. So I think I think Alabama, LSU, and Tennessee would have all made it. But I think uh, spe- you know, since we're speaking of twelve teams. You want to give us some way too early uh, 2023 predictions for next year's college football playoff of some teams you think will make it and be in? You know, you had mentioned some teams earlier that could potentially have a turnaround. Could we potentially see them making it, you know, to those 12 games? And, and I guess the second part to that, are you going to be calling any of those games next year? Uh, that's a good question. I I don't know my assignments that soon. Uh, I usually you should. Get you really should. I mean... I should. I'll, I'll, I'll push vacation, the ball on that. It's vacation time. It's planning time. You know, just it's a, it's a, it's nuts to do it. You know, last minute. Especially around this time of year when no one even knows what day it is. You should know exactly what you're doing next season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. True. True. Yeah, we've got two different days on this podcast, so have no idea. We, what we usually do. Yeah, that's how it works. Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure the bosses would love if I was like, "Hey, what's my Labor Day weekend assignment?" While they're getting ready for the college football playoff tomorrow. Um. I, the, the way this is always so dangerous because like what we're seeing with Max Duggan, like Max Duggan got benched in the preseason and they were picked seventh in the big 12, like all this stuff now and the several months leading up to the next college football season, it's, it's all fun to sit here and talk about, but like you, you got this recording going, put me on old takes exposed or freezing cold takes, whatever. Um, but it's a gag. I think this, I, I live in the state. I've been around the program for a little bit, but I think that Illinois is going to take what they did this year and build off of it next year. And they're going to become, because of who's coaching them, they're going to co- become like the mid 2000s, turn of the decade Wisconsin teams that were in talks for Rose Bowl. Um, 10 wins, 11 wins. I don't know if they're going to make the college football playoff, but when it expands, I think if they keep their coaching staff intact, I think that they can be a sneaky team that's a little bit like TCU where they're getting three and four-star guys and they're causing some problems for Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State in the Big Ten. Other teams don't want to see. Third and goal. Oh, hold on. That was terrible. Third and goal. Oh, that was even worse. All right. Let's five more tries. The Shaq Horn Frog one. Let's talk a little bit of NFL before we, we get you out of here. Uh, who's your league MVP? Have you have you been keeping up with the NFL season or has it been mainly, you know, yeah. we, we know, you know. Alex, another broadcaster you are, and you don't only call college football. You've been watching a lot of exciting yeah. high school football as well. So Yeah, I went to uh, the Bills-Bears game here in Chicago when it was negative 15 degrees. Um, Yikes. It, it felt like the, the leatherhead days of 
the NFL where Josh Allen threw on like five yard passes, a lot of runs, teams can barely score. Um, and it was, it was a sorry excuse for a heating station that they had at Soldier Field. They had like two heaters that the entire stadium could use, but they played it off like they were keeping everybody warm. Um, but yeah, no, I, I have been keeping up with the NFL. Uh, really excited for, for Lions Packers tonight. Um, go Lions, obviously. Go Lions. Mm. Dan, Dan Campbell, coach of the year. All right. And when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. All right. And we're going to stand up. And then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down. All right. And on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap. We're talking MVP, but coach mm -hmm. of the year. They make I the play up. Honestly, yeah, I think so. I think it's either it's either him or Dayball. Dabes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It, it, I was gonna good. say Doug Doug Peterson probably gets some love. Ooh, actually, that's a very yes, very good because the their the way they finished off this season was just incredible. And they're riding a lot of momentum, which is something that you'd want. Yeah. Although last night was not their I would say that last that was their least impressive win of the of the recent streak that they were on. I thought they were gonna be more in control of that the whole time. But nerves nerves yeah, will do that. They they won the game because Dobbs was playing quarterback. Yeah, they did what they had to do. Yep. Yeah, they did, they were the ones that tightened up. Yeah, tightened up. Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. um, they're the same team. They're both the same team. They're just both nothing. Let, let let me do this for MVP. You you give me let's let's pull names from a hat. You give me three names. I think I think it's it has to be Burrow, Allen, Mahomes. Yeah. I don't think anybody from the oh. NFC has stood up. The, the, the quarterback play hasn't been particularly good enough. I mean, people want to throw Hurts in there, but I think, you know, they you saw what that team could be without him a little bit, and they have just a really, really talented team there overall. So I think I saw them lose to the Saints without him. Sorry, do you want to clarify? I, he, also, he also lost to the Cowboys, but with Minshew, they, they, did, a, they did a good job in that. In that no, they, he, they lost to the Saints with Minshew. Yeah, football happens, right? Santa Rooney's. Santa Rooney's. The Santa Rooney's. But uh, I, I would have, like, mid-season, I was kind of thinking maybe Justin Herbert's going to come out of that pack and be an MVP candidate, and then Hurts the same way. Um, I don't know, like, like Mahomes, that's kind of boring at this point, isn't it? Just because he's, he's so good and so consistently good. But the, um, yeah, but he's he's just they got like a whole bunch of different. It seems like the receiving core they have, none of those guys are particularly more talented than the other. But it's just what is their strength here with each of with their receiving core, and they put them out there with the different sets, and it's just all been him. So that's where it's he, he's played his probably his most impressive season, just because he hasn't had without Tyreek Hill. It, it's been crazy. He still threw for five thousand yards. I mean, that's that's where it's like okay, well he has to be. You know, given the consideration, I have to throw him in there because the same at the same time, I'm even throwing Allen in there, and Allen struggled the second back half of the season. So for me, it's really between Burrow and Mahomes because Burrow did a lot of bringing the Bengals back into the picture, and now I don't think any team wants to play them. And he did a lot of that without Chase on the field right. for most of that time. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say that that stands out about the 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 Bengals season too is you know that's obviously his guy from college too, but. um the 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 snow globe play that Mahomes and the Chiefs ran yesterday where they're playing ring around the rosy. Oh, that was so like, good. I think well, the, that was, even the, that garners an MVP vote just for that. Yeah. 
Well, they even threw a defensive tackle out there on like they were trying to do a run play with him, and I was like, okay. They're literally trying to give no team any kind of edge, but they got a touchdown out of that snow go play, which was just the greatest thing. Yeah, which wasn't totally because of the play design. It was because of the missed tackle at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. It was still an awesome design. Um, I, I Yeah, I guess I would go Mahomes one. I'd go Burrow two, and I'd go Allen three. Yeah, because if any – and when it comes to the NFC, I think it has to go to just defensive players. Almost like for if like I'm not going to give it to Prescott on the Cowboys, I'd give it to to Micah. Like it, yeah. it should go to Parsons because of all, all the work that he's been able to do. I mean, the defense in, in general has been really good, but it's the same thing with the the Niners. You know, is it Bosa? Is it you know what other defensive talent can you give it to? So I think, but since it is kind of a quarterback's award, it just comes down to those gentlemen there. Yeah, the I'm thinking back to the Eagles game. Was that was that Christmas Eve? Eagles and Cowboys. Yes. Parsons, Parsons wrecked the game. I know he's done that a lot this year, but um, I don't know how many times I've seen that where it's the final drive of the game and a guy is so important to what you're doing defensively that your defensive end is the guy that's calling the timeout. Like I've seen mm-hmm. it from linebacker. Obviously, you see it from the sidelines, but Parsons is just gassed, hands I, on hips, down on his yes. knee. You, you remember that? I was going to bring that, that exact play up. Yes. He's gas. He's trying to call the timeout and they, yeah. And he like, cause he had that power because of the effort he just put in the play before. Right. And then yeah, they called I, the timeout. And then I think he, I, they, they got the stop in the next play. I think. I think and it was him too. It, it gave yeah. him the rest and he came back on you yeah, and made a difference too. But, right. but it's a good point that you bring up. Cause like, I haven't really remembered a, a player like him who's had those plays. Cause it's not just been that one. They played the bears earlier in the year and he got that crazy interception where, um, Justin Fields leapt over him and didn't touch him, and he ran, got up and took it back for a touchdown. He, uh, they should have beat the Jaguars because of the fumble that he had, or the fumble recovery and everything that he had. So, and then in the most recent game against the Titans, he had that club on his hand, but he was still out there, you know, getting in the mix of everything. And he's just been an awesome football player. And yeah. if he was just a defensive lineman alone, they'd it'd be crazy how good they could be because he's not rushing the passer every down like a typical lineman would. Right, right. And I, I love the conversation about the, the defensive guys getting some love for MVP or, or whether it's the Heisman, like at the college level, it was, it was Aiden Hutchinson last year at Michigan. Think back to Nadamakan Sue when he was at Nebraska. Um, I, I, I love it when they get that recognition. I hope those guys at least get some votes, um, but it, it's going to be quarterback. You know it's going to be quarterback. Yeah, well, that that's going to be the interesting thing with um, a Super Bowl matchups, and I guess that's our next question here is with Super Bowl predictions. I mean, what you think you might end up seeing. But the, what's going to give the all of these teams in the NFC a solid shot, at least the top ones, we, we'd like to do a segment on this show called Are They For Real or For Real For Real? And then you have your not for real teams, and then you have your faux, what is that, F-E-U-X, real teams, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you, you have a mixture of these. Like so, so the Ravens are a faux real team. So the Giants, they were that, especially the Vikings. Oh my gosh, they're faux real as it gets. But awful last week. That was yeah. Well, they they the I think we've we have enough of a sample size now over the season to see that the Vikings are a team where they've been able, you know, they had a, a good record because they had a good enough team to pull out certain wins, but the I mean the Bills win is kind of crazy. Because you, you have that crazy Bills win where they were being manhandled most of the game. 
and then they put up three points against the Cowboys next week and let them drop 40 on them. So it's it's a team that's obviously it's like, okay, cannot take them for real. But yeah, like today they're kind of milling around with the Bears. Like I know they came back and won the Colts game, but the Colts are brutal. They fell down 33 nothing. Um I I don't I don't think that they're as good as like what you're talking about. They're not as good as what their record says. Mm-mm. It reminds me a little bit of the Packers a few years ago when they played the the 49ers in the championship game. They were 13 and three in the regular season. I think it was it was Lafleur's first year. Yeah, and yeah. They, they, had, they were not. They they didn't have the look of a 13 and three team. I think they had no this, impressive wins whatsoever on that on throughout that season. Yeah, I know exactly yeah. what team you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, like they could they could find themselves. They could kind of meander their way into the NFC Championship game, but um, the Vikings are not my Super Bowl. Touchdown. Um, I'm going, I know the Chiefs just wrapped up the bye, um, but I'm going Bills, riding the good news of DeMar Hamlin and his recovery. They're going to ride that emotional wave. They're going to go to the Super Bowl, and I think they're going to play the Eagles. Ooh, the Eagles. Okay. I think that, uh, for me, I picked the the Bengals and the Cowboys. But I think what, what a better question would be is who do you have in the AFC Championship? So the, if you have the Bills going to the Super Bowl, who do you have them matching up against? I don't know how exactly how it would work out. I'm not looking at the, the standings right now. So it could be a thing where they they don't play Kansas City or the Bengals, you know, but um, if they were playing, if you, if you had to choose between Kansas City or the Bengals, because I think that's who it comes down to, who they'd face, who do you think they got, they play in that game? Um, just, just for the sake of like, like, I don't, I don't really want it to come down to bills and bangles and it to turn into flashbacks. Of what yeah. Happened week. Um, I, I, I just, I, I really don't, um, I, I don't really want to relive that. Yeah. Uh, obviously for how hard it was to watch. I think it'd be a great game. I do. Um, but I I would love to see the the Bills and the Chiefs again. Regular season game was good. Um, you know they I, I don't I think it's just it's setting up that way. And and who knows who gets in as the the seventh seed? I don't know if the the teams have uh, the the seventh seed has been finalized yet. I know right before we were getting on, I was following what is it Bills, Pats, Steelers, and Dolphins. Yeah, well the Dolphins won and the Pats lost. So I think the Dolphins made it. The yeah, the, a- the AFC has been has been solidified one through seven. The only one that's still up for grabs is that seven seed in the NFC uh, with the Seahawks and the Lions. Comes down to the yeah. Packers tonight. Right? Yeah, yeah. So the, if the Seahawks win, they need the Lions to win as well in order to to sneak in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as, as it stands right now, yeah. So we have Buffalo versus the Dolphins, and we have the Bengals versus the Ravens and Chargers Jaguars. Okay. So, uh, Her- Herbert versus. Uh, Lawrence yeah. is going to be a really, really fun game. That is going to be fun. Um, Here, here's an interesting point. If the Bills do end up facing the Eagles in the Super Bowl and the Bills lose to the Eagles, they will have lost to every single team in the NFC East in the Super Bowl. That's a good point. Beep does know bleep sometimes. Right, Beep? You damn right. <laughs> How many... How many to if the Bills make the Super Bowl and they play an NFC East team, even if it's not the Cowboys, how many times do we see Leon let in that play 
leading up to Super Bowl Sunday. Over Ooh. under 17 and a half. I, I'm going yeah. over. Yeah, it's a, it's going to at least be 20. You might see you might see it five times in one day alone. Like yeah. the closer you get up, you, you lead up to it. Just do different networks. Right. I'm yeah. I'm going over on that. Yeah. I'm going over that. But that, that's a great know. little projection there. I uh I'm I'm sticking with that. You guys can crush me for it in a couple of weeks, but but yeah, I'm going Eagles and Bills. Well, I just think the cow the Cowboys are they're one of those teams where you haven't you know the potential for their best is there, but you haven't really seen it outside of like the, that Vikings game. And I just don't know with their playoff luck and the way Dak has been playing in the fourth quarter, giving up games and, or at least almost coughing up these games. I don't think they have a necessarily real shot, but it's going to come down to the Niners and the Eagles and maybe a little bit of Hertz's health, unfortunately, because yeah. the Eagles were so good for so long. So, yeah, but I think the the interesting thing is that, those three teams, the Cowboys, Eagles, Niners, all have a defense that is going to give a lot of trouble to whoever they face, you know, to the other three counterparts in the AFC who yeah. don't have necessarily strong defenses but just have these incredible offenses. Yeah, I, I, I would like to see, talking about the Cowboys, I would like to see a, a Mike McCarthy redemption playoff game where they've got to manage the clock late in the game. And maybe they, they win at this <laughs> time. Maybe, maybe they get the ball spotted. Maybe they spike it. Um, I don't know. I, I, I would, I would be fine with the, if the Cowboys got to make their run and that becomes part of it, I would be okay with that. Yeah. Let it, I, I think it'd be very, a very good poetic justice if it somehow comes to his clock, like them, their success depends on his clock management. All right. So I, um, thank you, Connor, for joining us. That was excellent. I hope you had another good time with us here today. And you're going to, I guess, on our way out here, since we didn't really necessarily ask this, tomorrow in the game, who do you got? TCU, Georgia, before we we go. Uh, I'm going a little contrarian. I'm going TCU. Bullfrogs, that's right. One of our our, uh, co-hosts who was supposed to join us, but um, something ended up happening with a cat in a vase. Uh, he he wanted you to give a go dogs for for us, but no, go frogs, baby. And we got to spell frogs F R A W G. Go frogs, sick em. Hey, That's gotta it. get that alternate cast. We're gonna find a frog. We're gonna find a bulldog. That's gonna be on ESPN minus or whatever we're rolling out there tomorrow. The Ocho. <laughs> with all the with all the different feeds we got going. Um, but but that would be my ideal uh, sidecast. I'm going with the frogs. So I'm I'm watching the frog, watching the frogs. That's that's what's up. Do you have anything to, to plug here? Uh, any you, you mentioned co- your college hoops is coming up. Do you got any games you got uh, that you're calling soon? So my next game is in the Fun Belt, Sun Belt, where uh, me and uh, David Paget, who is he's the former Louisville coach, we're going out to uh, Huntington, West Virginia on Thursday. We'll be on ESPN two. Uh, it's a late one, nine o'clock Eastern. We've got Marshall against Southern Miss. That's our our next college basketball game together. So Ooh, that's a, that's a six that's a six o'clock game for me over here in LA. So not a late one at all. Like that's dinner time. Let's get it. Do you have any dinner specific? Time. Do you have any specific go-to basketball calls? Um, I don't I don't know if I've really caught on with the catcher. I was when I first started, I was I was big into the Gus Johnson Pure. Um, Ooh, it, like it wasn't the full dragged out pure, but it was, you know, that shot's pure. Um, I don't know, just, it, it, it's a little bit different, but 
I try not to steal Gus's thunder on that. Obviously, that's that's his thing. But um, the the one that I think was the most unique, I called a buzzer beater a few years ago in Southern Illinois. They're the Salukis, which is a dog. It's an Egyptian dog. Um, their buzzer beater clinched their seventh win in a row. And uh, I said something about them being the cardiac dogs. So that was you know, cardiac kids. I love it. I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really a little little bit of a twist on that. And, and we had fun on that buzzer beater. So uh, that's, that's probably the most unique one I've had, but Mm -hmm. maybe we'll have a buzzer beater on Thursday. If, uh, if you guys are hanging out and having dinner with us. Fingers crossed. I think so. I think I'll have to get some pumpkin brew and, uh, pull up a chair here and support my my good friend, Connor, young Conzi. What was that? When his brother coaches Marshall. So that's right. And they've been trying, they've, the exciting thing about watching Marshall is they've been bringing a lot of NBA offense to the college yeah. basketball. And I, I remember them in the turn of, tournament a few years back winning like an upset because their three-point shooting is just really, really good in the spacing. So that should be a really, really fun game. Uh, yeah. Thank thank you again, Connor, for for joining us here on Zero Coverage. Salute to Beep Count. We had a Levitard Show fan, uh, Morgan from Australia, all joining us. Uh, Barrett out in Duval. Um, he's also struggling a little bit because he went to the Jags game last night and saw an all-timer probably the great he said it's the greatest sporting event of his life that he's ever been to and he sat next to one of the lineman's players and had himself a night so salute to that man thank you again coors light the silver bullet it's shipped cold to tap the clean taste of the rockies 